We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. She's Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And this is Brunch Culture, your favorite show where everything is up for discussion. Yeah. 2017. 2017 is like over, right? It's like it's up for discussion because it's like over. Like we got what? All of three days, four days. It's so crazy. It's already. It's almost Friday. I well, just, I guess this show will air on Friday. So yeah, I just don't understand. Like, this is weird. It's weird because I feel like we were just here talking about, oh, it's a new year, picking on people with the new year, new me thing, and here we go yeah. at the end of the year, and it's another. It's like it just started. New year. I feel like every year gets faster and faster. Right, I feel like I think it's the whole aging thing, though. I think that this is it's real weird, like real, it's real scary. weird. Right, so I feel like I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna be sixty two. I don't know why I just picked and that. Still but. feel like, and probably still feel like you're nineteen, though. Like, I think the thing when my birthday hit this year, I was like, I think the thing that's so hard is that I don't even, and I guess I'm not supposed to feel old per se. But I still feel like me, you know, like there are Mm -hmm. things that I don't like, obviously, or things that I don't do that I don't I used to do. You know, I'm a lot more stable financially. Thank God. (laughs) Um, So things are like things change. But you start thinking, I don't know, you're talking to somebody and you start realizing like, oh, that's what young people are doing. Like, I thought I was young. (laughs) Like, I thought Mm -hmm. I was, you know. And then I blanket myself. We even start differentiating between like there's a difference between older millennials and younger millennials. So when you just say like millennials and it was like, oh, you guys, all y'all know how to do is like you guys don't hang out with your friends. You prefer to have uh, like Snapchat dates, which I didn't even know was a thing. And so I was like, wait, people do that. And they were like, yeah, y'all don't like actually going out to hang out with your friends. And I was like, wait. I think this is when we make a differentiation between the older millennials and the younger millennials because I still like to kick it with my friends. Like I still the the idea of like having a physical person there that I can talk to is still a thing for me. I'm not, you know, I can I can do it. We can talk on social media and we can FaceTime, but at the same time we still got to be able to like actually yeah. yeah. Like I need to be able to know that we friends in real life too not just in like digital life yeah it's definitely a difference between being around somebody digitally and facetime and even interaction and doing interviews it, with people face to face yeah and digital and actually being in their presence so i think people should recognize that but once again maybe we're just old we just, and just like as you said a long time ago which is really a, a good thought to think through like a long time ago people didn't have really access to their friends like that mm-hmm. because of distance and they didn't have telephones so they mm-hmm. had to write letters mm-hmm. so like they would go long periods of time without talking to their friends right so it is a kind of recent um thing within the last century where you had this much 
much access to your friends unless you stayed in close proximity to them. Right, right. So. So it's all, you know, I mean, this, these are the things that we are learning in 2017 or that we did learn in 2017. So we are going to, for the last show, the last show of 2017, we're just going to just have like an open discussion, yo. Like, um, it's a lot that happened this year, a lot that happened personally, um, that we can talk about and kind of like some things that we learned. And then also just talking about like all of the crazy crap that happened in the world, good things and bad things. Um, I think kind of everybody's like bad thing, if you will, was the reality that the world that we knew it was changing forever. Yeah. Twitter um, in chief. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, but yeah, so let's just dive into like some personal things, uh, that we learned from 2017. So, I can kick it off. Um, well, I, I wouldn't say like personal things, but some really good things that happened this year. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this year was my trip to Cuba, um, which, gosh, was almost a year ago. <laughs> seems really That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Like, but uh, that trip was great. It was amazing. Um, it was the first kind of big well it wasn't it wasn't the first big it was the first big group trip that i'd gone on out of the country i'll say that and um i met like some of some new people it was real dope it was really good to see how people how differently like people live that aren't in the states and Mm -hmm. also it was good to see how life is when you don't have your cell phone all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think I appreciated it as much. It didn't bother me as much as I thought it was. Cause I was still using my phone as like a GPS. Cause some kind of crazy way, my phone was the only phone that could still track our location, which mm-hmm. is still a whole other thing. But, um, just kind of being there and, us having to make plans that, Hey, we're going to meet here. We're going to meet back here at a certain time. And there was no way you can just pick up the phone and call somebody or just text somebody. So it was like, y'all really had to plan to do stuff together. And it really was a, we all were in the same space at one point in time and they just kind of ran into each other again. And so we met up and we had to plan and move as a group. It seemed like a headache. And while I was in it, I think I was like, Oh, this would be so much easier if we just had our phone. But thinking about it in hindsight, I feel like I almost got a glimpse to a glimpse back into life. Like before we had all this technology all the time. And I think it rely it caused us to really rely on each other a lot more. So we had to talk about where we were going to go and what we were going to do. And, you know, sometimes it wasn't the easiest thing or we had to come with to like group consensus. And obviously that's not always the easiest thing to do, but I think overall it was just kind of dope um, because it was different and it was almost kind of refreshing. So that was kind of like one of the things for me that was like, a big highlight for this year. And it happened closer to the beginning, almost mid year, if you will, um, that, that happened, but it was, I don't know. It was just a really, really good experience. Cuba looked great. Um, just seeing how much, like we were in like touristy areas, but it was just like, it just felt good to just be in a different space and just kind of like learning history. And we had like this one tour guide or these two tour guides, but one tour guide that kind of gave us like a lot of like in-depth history and seeing how much pride she had 
in her country and like how much it was just kind of like, yo, you know, I'm out here kind of hustling. And I feel like we kind of got hustled a couple of times, but people were just out there just kind of doing their things. I think sometimes I, when you're not in that space of being outside of the States, like you kind of forget, we kind of think that like just our, this is like us, we kind of do things our way. And this is just kind of like the standard. And then you go somewhere else and see other people and how they handle stuff and just how their lives are. And just kind of like, I don't know, it was really inspiring. It was like real dope. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Cause I know, um, our friend Vanna, she said Cuba was life changing for her too. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I need to go now cause y'all have been, I feel left out. You should, you should make it happen. We can, we can go again. All of us. Let's, um, we, well, I don't even know if that's a thing now because our, uh, yeah, I would be scared to go now because yeah. I don't. <laughs> you're scared to go anywhere, right? Like, you know what? I'm gonna stay in the continental United States. Scared to go to Hawaii right about now. He might, you know, it's uh-huh. just <laughs> anything that's not connected to each other, right? Like, <laughs> I, you'd be scared because you just never know. Um, I think that's dope. I think one of the things, the things that I loved about this year is I traveled more than I ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, in a in a year, and it, it it was amazing because I always said when I was younger, man, I want a job where I could travel, and that last this twenty seventeen, I've traveled more than I've traveled in my in my life, um, and I know that two thousand eighteen, I'll probably exceed what I traveled in the first three months. So nice. <laughs> um. So it's just cool to like seeing things that you actually desire actualize and just, you know, as for my company, G3, seeing growth and the things that I'm thankful for are not necessarily the good moments. But I was thinking about this today, like I really appreciate now looking back on it, the criticisms, yeah, because criticisms that challenge me. Some criticisms, as I was telling Randall before we started, this criticism wasn't even in 2017. I think it was in 2016. But looking back on those criticisms throughout the years, it's like some so many criticisms we receive touch on our insecurities. Right. And it faces it challenges us for me since so many criticisms touch on my insecurities. It creates a defensiveness. But it creates a self-reflectiveness and it causes those insecurities to become more secure in a sense. Because I think they could, there's always going to be insecurities within within us. But we're able to take criticisms in spaces for me personally. I'm able to take criticisms in places that I wouldn't normally be able to take it had I not dealt with those things head on. Right. For me, I'm thankful for those because that really helped me see, okay, you know, am I mad because I'm insecure about this? Or I'm mad because it's a legit critique um, or I'm mad because I think it's a, a fake critique. It's, and a lot of times for me, it was because it touched on insecurities that I wasn't ready to deal with. But it forced me to grow up, right. it forced me to level up. So I'm thankful this year for the criticisms, for the things that kind of shook my foundation. Um, I remember somebody telling me they didn't like uh, that um, a group of people didn't like the way I did my my uh, other podcast that's a Christian podcast because I had too many liberal people on there 
and I didn't treat and I I I treated their opinions as valid <laughs> and and uh, they felt like I, they said that some of the more conservative people didn't want to listen and I really took that that like hurt my feelings but it kind of made me like level up because it's kind of like you have to take the punches mm. if you want to be a bridge builder you're gonna have to take punches on either side so you got to take the punches because that's what you people are going to be critical because they don't get your vision right so right it doesn't mean you demonize them because i still have to work with those people it just means that i understand that they're ignorant and understanding my vision right right do that doesn't mean they're bad and so for me it was a year where i realized that while pe- some people gave criticisms that hurt me, they were still allies. And that's what I, that was, that's one of the lessons that I think I'll take for 2017. Like just because you criticized me or just because you thought one of my ideas was stupid, doesn't mean I forget that you're on my same, t- we're on the same team. We're still trying. You just don't understand how I'm playing the game. Exactly. That's, that's, so. I like that. That's hot. You just don't understand how I'm playing the game. That's dope. One thing I think for me that kind of goes into that kind of similarly and which was really big for me this year is accepting conflict with people that I care about and I was close to Mm. or that I am close to Mm -hmm. um, and having that conflict and also having the same amount of communication with them, depth and friendship and relationship and understanding that the two have they need to really coexist. Um, I think that sometimes for me, what I've gotten used to is that for a friend or somebody that I'm I'm like close to, we should be on the same page. And when we're not on the same page, it's a problem that we got to tackle and we got to get over it. And then we got to get back to agreeing with for the most part and being on the same page. And I think that this year has really taught me that there is a possible space in which we can disagree. We can get on each other's nerves with our like different perspectives and viewpoints, but still just make sure that we show up and still have like a good time. So we can have like a tough conversation and maybe even like an argument and still leave from that one topic and laugh about it laugh about something Mm -hmm. else and really enjoy each other's company about something else and understand that this one thing is something that we're working through. And as we iron that out, I don't got to throw the whole person away or throw the whole friendship away. And I think that's something that for me was really pivotal. I had an argument with a friend and I was telling another person about it. And I start my response to it was, don't worry about it. I'm going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And my friend was like, what it what does that have to do with your argument like i was like i'm gonna be successful without that friendship like i'm good my friend was like like they didn't say that you were gonna not be successful they didn't say that you were dumb or stupid or not even successful now you guys had an argument about this one ideal and that's it like this person is not a horrible person like don't like what 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 are you missing and i realized like for me it was like dang I have a tendency to do that. I have a tendency to get so bothered by 
one thing with certain people, not with everybody. With, and, I, and I think that's another level of like me kind of understanding because I'm like, well, no, I'm not that type of person because look at this person. Me and this person obviously don't agree on everything and I'm still cool with them. But it's like me and that person don't share the same level of intimacy or depth or like history. And so my expectations for them are a bit different. But these people that I'm closer to, that I spend a lot more time with, that I talk to more, for me, it's tough. It was like, yo, we got to be on the same page. And it's like, you know what? Honestly, we probably it's okay for us to like disagree or argue about this one topic and leave from that very same moment and laugh and have a good time and it not be kind of a forced laugh or a forced good time. But it's like, yo, I genuinely, I genuinely respect you. And kind of, as you were saying, like we still on the same team, yo, like we really are on the same team. We still friends. We kind of, we have a lot of the same, you know, shared goals and ideas. It's just this one thing that we disagree on. And this one thing in this moment, maybe you need to grow. Maybe I need to grow. Maybe we both need to grow but we can do that still together and not like kicking each other to the, to the curb because you know, there's a problem like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think something else as you, as you were saying that it's part, cause it made me think about like friendships and relationships that I think I grew in this year is that I just learned that you have to, at this stage and age, you have to be intentional about who, you surround yourself with yeah <laughs> and your friendships need to be they need to be a lot more intentional and a lot less a- accidental mm-hmm. so i think for me it's like okay lisa be more intentional about your friendships not just accidental not just connecting with people just because they're in your proximity or they seem cool like be intentional because you're in a different space. And I was just telling a friend of mine last night, I was like, I realized in a certain, in in different positions I occupy and because of my job space, like some people can't necessarily handle everything that I deal with. So it, it relates to the levels in which I know different leaders. So I may know them. I may know somebody that people deeply admire, but I may have had a bad interaction with them. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if I can't unload that on you and tell my frustration because that'll crush you. Right. Like, so it's like it beco- it becomes like a burden and vice versa. Most of my friends now don't have unrealized expectations. You know, I tell you about stuff encounters I have with leaders all the time right. but I don't feel like it will crush you because I just yeah. don't think you have that ex- you had an expectation of it but yeah. some people you meet they have like a really high expectation so I can't vent to them so then it becomes like I, I'm regu- I'm our friendship can never go to any depth because you need you have heroes that I may know and I might not have the same view of them but I can't vent to you about it right? because I don't paint that person. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just the levels in which like you have to develop relationships based on where you are and what what you're doing. And I didn't. It's now starting to click like, OK, like, OK, Lisa, like be intentional and be strategic. Yeah, you you build you build that village and that circle like with more thought now and it's so it's so weird and i think that that is 
that too, I can definitely say that like a part of that, like I, I even understand now because it is less about like, sometimes I feel like we, we think about, even when we say we don't, we we're conscious of like numbers, like, you know, you kind of get around somebody that may have like, let's say you have a birthday dinner, right? And you have like, somebody might have 50 people there. Somebody might have like 30 people there. And another person may have just like 10. Somebody might even have five. And I think sometimes we kind of, even people that have like the larger numbers, like you're not even saying like all of these people are my friends, but you kind of just okay with being around them. Cause it's like, Oh, I know them and it's cool. And I feel like now, you know, life kind of shows you that, eh, you know, you can be cool with those people, but all of those people may not need to be in your vicinity all the time. Right. And like when it mm-hmm. comes time for you having intimate moments where you want to talk about, you know, some things that, is some plans that you have to some, some next steps or just even talking about like an experience you have or some emotions you you're feeling or whatever. It's not meant for everybody to be there. Sometimes you truly need just like those key and core people and you need to move with those people and you can still have these other, you know, more casual friendships, relationships that, you know, are, that are beneficial for socializing or for business or for career or whatever it is. Like you can have those and those are like friendships, but those are things that like you kind of move in this space where you have those like core people around. You become very intentional about like that core group of people. And like if you're a friend that I'm spending personal time with, I'm spending this personal time with you for a reason and that reason could it don't have to be like i'm getting something you know like oh you're helping me plan this it literally is just like i like you as a person your your mindset your ability to think through things your ability for us to just have a conversation that's both fun and like thought-provoking is helpful and so i'm intentional about keeping people like you around more often than i am about like oh you know i got like 50 friends and they all coming along to celebrate this milestone of me. Like, yeah, maybe some of them people are good for friends for one thing, but they're kind of going to give you some bad energy. That's not going, you know, produce the best of you in this moment. So don't keep them around. Like, mm-hmm. where they go? you know what else in friendships I, I learned? And this is just actually epiphany from last night. Um, I was talking to one of my friends and we were saying, um, we were just reflecting on different friendships we had. Mm-hmm. And they were like, for a particular friendship, they were like, well, we know all the bad. Tell me some good. And I started telling them some good. And I was like, you know what? I think that person loved me the best they could, despite what they were going through and brokenness. Yeah. And maybe that's not the love that I need or the love that I'm comfortable with. But in, instead of me focusing on the negative, saying, okay, they love me the best they could with what they knew about themselves and how they knew how to give love based on how to experience love. Right. And I'm not going to negate their whole entire friendship or their existence in my life. I can appreciate it and just be like, you know, I appreciate the love they gave. That's probably not enough for me uh, just for where I am. But just being willing to say, you know what? Looking back, this person loved me the best they could with what they knew about themselves. Yeah. And I think that's something that was like, oh, that's a 2017 epiphany. Like people really love you if they 
if you're close to them, if if they're going, we're all broken. We all have some kind of damage to us. So we love people based on our understanding of love at the time. Right. And what we're able to give. And so it's like, man, just understanding that and giving people that space and saying, you know what? That was you did. Thank you for what you did do. Right. Right. Because, you know, it's like it's like kind of seeing them for where they're at and like. I'm going to pull out the good positive things for where you're at. And, you know, I can still acknowledge that there are some things that weren't the best for me or things that I wouldn't like or I wouldn't do, but I'm, I'm, I can still also see you like see a positive part in you from just where you're at, at that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's dope. Yeah. Um, so (sighs) some, some broader things, some more like things that happen in the world some pop I don't even want to say pop culture because this is some social things too that happened I was like uh so some of my highlights for this year uh my first highlight well wait were you done with your yeah okay gotcha so one of my highlights uh and this probably was like super dope because I was like I don't really know the whole AT&T unlimited plan um the revamped (laughs) unlimited plan because I had an old unlimited plan but with that unlimited plan unlimited with AT&T I I was nervous about this new one. I ain't gonna lie. I was real nervous. But um this new one allows me to like do some tethering. I get HBO for free. Um I actually decreased my bill by like twelve dollars because I signed up with a plan with my like best friend and so like we coming together with a new plan gave me like more features and I still had less stuff, so that was like super dope. So that was dope. Um, another highlight for me this year was watching the Obama's vacation. It was sad and depressing. It was, this was twofold. So it was sad and depressing, right? Because it was like, yo, do you got, y'all look so happy. And like, I feel like there's a a gloom and doom cloud over my head every day. Like y'all need to come back, but it was good to kind of just see them just be normal, you know, and see like president Obama, like, go off getting coffee somewhere just kind of kicking it seeing like i think this is one photo of both of them like chilling out on the beach somewhere and it was just like yo you know what it makes me feel good because y'all definitely worked hard and represented those offices to the fullest so i'm glad to see y'all like have that moment um which is really dope um i'm gonna i'm gonna make it real fast okay so i got two more so two more other highlights was sheether sheether (laughs) I still remember Sheetha. I remember where I was when I, I heard Sheetha. It's just dope. Um, I Yeah, I was talking about Sheetha before. I was excited about Sheetha. I feel like Sheetha opened a lot of doors to a lot of... Um, for a lot, I, well, I'm going to say open doors. I feel like Sheetha pushed people to uh, change their 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 thoughts on on hip-hop and the way that they were approaching hip-hop and yeah it was just dope it was one of them this one of those moments that was just kind of it was super exciting to see like everybody you know it's like one of them events where people like i remember where i was i remember how i heard this oh i remember thinking about this and i remember going like line for line bar for bar and being like dang dang that was dang oh shoot that was good godly and it was something that I wasn't expecting, so I thought it was that was real dope. And then um, one thing that 
to me wasn't as good. Well, I won't go into the as good. Those are my things, like my highlights for the year that like just made me feel good. I'll say that for now. <laughs> um, so highlights for me in the world, um, I think. Hmm, that's so tough to like narrow it down to a few. I'm gonna say the inse- insecure series. Um, I know it's not that big to some people, but I just I loved it. I think it was yeah. great TV. Um, I like to see um, how characters interact. I think it gives insight to the culture and black culture and the way we're shifting. Um, black another yes, another highlight for me for seeing Dr. Umar Johnson being taken taken down. Um, <laughs> which is actually still happening because yeah he yeah. Uh, yeah um only because I just I, his pseudo scholarship just it just is beyond me some of the stuff he says just is I don't know I'm just like why guy why why are you saying this why are you telling us this um. <laughs> So I, I think that he needs to we need if if you're going to be a actual scholar, I think you need to actually research. And some of his stuff is I'm not saying all his stuff is bad. He does yeah. have some good points, but a lot of stuff he says is damaging because it's just not accurate. Extremely and, damaging and, and not people, just on a religious front. I'm I'm sorry, just because I know and I'm going to say this. I don't know not to take away from you, but. I was having a conversation with somebody and they were saying like, well, I feel like people, I feel like people that are Christians are just upset with him because of his religious beliefs and they don't believe in everything else. And I'm like, it's not even just his religious beliefs. Like, I don't think that a lot of the issues that people have or even should have with him is from the standpoint of like just what he believes in, like his faith is or what his religious beliefs are. Like, I think that's a thing to criticize in itself, but even just some of the like social things, the psychological things that he talk about, like it's just accurate. And it's, I mean, it's not, it's inaccurate. Like it's not accurate at all. And so like just, but he's staying, he's stating these things as if it's fact. And you have a lot of people that hear him because you agree with him with one point. It's like everything he say is good. And it's like, nah, bro. Like it's a lot of this. That's BS. Like for real. And you got to know that it's BS. I'm sorry for taking you a moment. Go ahead. No, you, you're, you're right. And I think one of the things and misconceptions that people don't know about academia and PhDs and doctoral degrees, just because you have a doctoral degree in psychology doesn't mean you're expert on any, any other thing. Like, that's a very specific field. People get doctoral degrees in very specific fields. They can have a PhD behind their name and suck at every other field they're talking about. Um, But I think people get intimidated by a PhD in an area and figure that they're the smartest person in the room and they need to listen to them. In reality, you probably shouldn't listen to them about certain things because they're not an expert in those it's having your own thoughts and brains like it just it's still relevant today being able to think for yourself i think for me that's just think that's why god gave us our our own brains and abilities to think because it's like so important that we do it for ourselves (laughs) just my thoughts and what i've been thinking though that's all no t-roy for (laughs) 92.3.3 feet jams (laughs) um i think another thing that i was excited about this year um, was the unity I see amongst African Americans. Um, 
as far as the resistance of Donald Trump, it's like we had um, Donald Trump and people didn't know what to do with it. But I see black people rallying. We could see in the elections, um, black people, you, you know, the uh, Keisha um, Bottoms in Atlanta. We see the mayor in Birmingham, Alabama. I think it's African-American young gentleman. So it's like people are rising up. And so I think that's that's important to see like, OK, we have Donald Trump, but it's like we're not going to go quietly like we're. We're right. getting behind and we're rallying and realizing the importance that we need to be active and engaged in our communities. And I've been seeing people, a resurgence of people being active, even in the NAACP meetings that I attend in Jacksonville, seeing more younger people each week because people want to do something. And it's like being awake, awakened out of complacence and saying, OK, what can I do? And so I'm seeing that. Um, in in some cases, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. I I I think just knowing, seeing like this <clears throat> black love and like black success and black excellence and that be put in the forefront. And I say people of color, but I'm black. So you know, people of color in general. But I, I'm black, so of course, I mean, we're black, so of course, we love seeing black people do it too. Um, but I think seeing that and I. At the beginning of the year, yeah, I, I feel like we all were just kind of like, I don't know what's going on, yo. Like, I feel like there was so much like, I'm not sure how to deal with this. I'm not sure how to um, handle, you know, anything that's going on. Like, I don't I don't know what's happening. Like, this seems like like just just hella dark. And I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how we're going to take care of each other. And I don't think that we're 100 percent out of that space because we still feel like we see things that's happened, like with net neutrality, which is on my list of things that I wasn't so happy about. Um, And just kind of seeing how, you know, this new tax bill and seeing how things kind of shift and like we feel like it feels like to me we're being prepared for something else that's coming. That's not as good. But seeing like this this outpour of love amongst each other and seeing like, you know, all of these people just win all these black people win in so many areas and just seeing us love on each other and support each other and us call out people that are trying to like tear us down and people that are trying to blame black people, which if we go back to Dr. Umar, like seeing people that want to point at black people and blame black people for everything as if it's impossible for us to do multiple things. It's impossible for somebody to say that I have investments. I have an education. I have my own business and I also want to buy Jordans. Like if that is your thing, it is possible for us to do all of these things and know, you know, yes, there are people that probably should be doing other things and doing different things, but stop looking at people that are being victimized, that are being ostracized and oppressed and depressed and repressed and all of this stuff and looking at them and saying, you're the problem. It's your fault. You, 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 instead of saying like, yo, here is what you are also doing. You guys are amazing. You guys just saved an election you guys just swung this you 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 changed so many people's lives you guys are constantly continuously making something 
where there is nothing and where people are making nothing and you turn it into something and not only something that just you like, but something that the entire country and the entire world like. So like, I think that is, I, I agree that that is powerful and I, I love it. You know, black excellence yeah. is everything. I love it. So some of the things we didn't like in 2017, um, Jeff Sessions and the um, cruelty and the rolling back of Obama's um, harsher, I mean, um, not harsher, but um, less of, uh, what is it? The mandatory minimums. Oh, yeah. Enforcement of the, so Jeff Sessions saying we need to give even nonviolent crimes that have to do with drugs um, the max. And we know that that affects our communities disproportionately and that that just is a key word for people with we are going to prison for long periods of time meanwhile people in some states are selling them and in Colorado I believe they were telling me that actually more black people have been prosecuted while it's legal because they've been selling it without a license wow and licenses are so expensive to get that you know black people can't afford it so it really is like a white man's sport in a sense, um, because wow. they have guns. So you could still be put in a prison if you're selling it illegally. Um, and so, yeah. So they get to sell it legally and still incarcerate and, and still, yeah, incarcerate people. So you basically just created a barrier to entry that it's only likely that a certain certain type of people, people in a certain tax bracket can break that barrier and everybody else that's doing it you still get punished because you couldn't break this barrier yeah because it's regulated i don't know if did you ever see the documentary on netflix about the the white couple that sold we in um in in colorado no but like the amount of license they had to get and the amount of work they had to put in like you would have to have some money to even start selling it legally so it's just so it's sickening that they're making money off of it in one space and then prosecuting people to the fullest extent in another space and really the difference is the skin color um it's absolutely disgusting so that's one of the things i did not like that comes from this administration um and things that they're doing Oh, you know what? Going back to the highlights, Amorosa no longer being in the White House. <laughs> that whole, that whole. By Felicia. Yeah, by Felicia. That's a, I know we already talked about it, but I just, we were talking about the White House that came to my head. I didn't want to, we could go back to things we didn't dislike, but. Um, that was yeah. definitely, yeah, that was um, the highlight. It was Sarah Huckabee Sanders lying every day to us. When I tell you I watch these uh, daily press briefings and me so upset every day because the way sh- she lies with such a confidence. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, I used to always say, you know, I always I used to be like, I feel bad for these people because it's like it's your job. So like you have to lie. like you obviously can't get up there and be like, oh, yeah, that was some BS. I know it was some BS. So you got to kind of come up with something. And I think, yeah, in the past few days, the past few weeks, I've just kind of start thinking about it because people be like I don't feel bad they signed up for it and I was like you know what you're right like 
it's one thing to hear it, but now I'm like, I really do. Yeah, I don't feel bad for you no more because you like, you really could say no, and mm-hmm. you you don't have to be in the same way for Amorosa. Like, you ain't have to be this person. You really didn't have to be this person. You signed up for this, so I don't got no sympathy for you, yo. Like, yeah, whatever and little sympathy I have is out the door. Another thing I didn't like, I feel like all of it has to center around this administration. Uh, Paris Denard. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever liked him, so I don't really have. <laughs> I didn't have really a strong opinion about him because I didn't really pay that much attention to him until, and he's always on CNN. And I feel like I watch probably way too much of CNN. But he's always on there, and just the levels in which I remember following him before this came, before the election. And he kind of used to shade Donald Trump all the time before they, you know, before he came the candidate for the GOP. Mm-hmm. When they were doing the primaries, he was shading them all the time and talking about how inadequate he was. And I really wish somebody would go back and just every time he talks, pull up those tweets if he hasn't deleted them. Um, It's just like, bro. Yeah. yeah. I, you don't even believe. So I never cared for him from I, I found out who he was from news, his news one nowadays. Um, he would, he was on, he was a regular on news one now. And every time somebody brought him with a like factual point, um, like actual hardcore facts, he would never really address it. Um, and, and I'm, I I say this all the time. I think that we all can believe what we want to believe. He used to always kind of talk about, you know, the fact that he is black and he's a Republican or conservative and how, you know, people just want to disagree with him or call him out for that. And it's like, bruh, that is that's very lazy. That's extremely lazy. Like, yes, a person is is capable for a person to look at you and be like, you are who and do what for why? Like, yes, people can do that, but they can also have a intelligent conversation with you and 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 at the same time say, you're not addressing facts. You're not addressing the issues. You keep you keep every t- every chance you get to talk about and address something. You deflect to talking about well, President Obama did this and President Obama did, and it's like, yo, like come on, let's let's have let's have the discussion. Like if you feel that way and you believe that way and you take this conservative viewpoint, like talk about it. Explain why, like. And, and and when somebody comes up with a, a valid argument that makes it seem like you look you're stupid for supporting Do- even Donald Trump like today, like tell us why in this moment you still say, hey, I don't think that that's a that's as big of a deal. But this other thing to me is really important or I could possibly see I can see how there's, you know, that would bring you some discomfort. But here's some other things. But it's just like. I, don't, I just don't like people that are doing stuff just to be talking heads, just to kind of like have an opinion, to have a platform to say something like it's great. It's cool. Like kudos for what you have in that platform. But let's also bring some like actual intellectual substance to it. And let's start talking about addressing things and, and trying to prove your point of why you stand on this side whenever don't just like overlook it and i feel like he's always done this from like news one nowadays i remember when he first when i first started seeing him on news one now people used to like roast his behind and he just refused to really address anything with like true logic (laughs) it was just yeah it 
I, yeah, because I, I was telling somebody yesterday, I don't even mind you being affiliated with either party. Like, I mean, either either party you choose is going to have flaws. You know what I'm saying? Right, There's no right. perfect party. But at least be able to, if you feel like you have a like moral high ground, be able to, if you want to have a moral high ground, be able to critique this, whatever your party is, on things that are wrong. And, and, and be give, fair. Yeah, and be fair and say, you know what? This is the party I chose, but we have this, this, and this wrong with them. I'm trying to aid in fixing these problems, and I'm trying to be um, trying to, you know, affect change in that space. Yeah. That's or, fine. I think people respect that. Yeah, or even if you don't, you don't believe that a particular issue is a problem, like, that's fine, too. It's it's possible. It's, it's okay. You can be like, yeah, I, I never thought about that. I don't think about that. That doesn't affect me that way. But understanding you, understanding your background, understanding your story, like I see how that can be a problem. Um, one thing that I, I, I say is like, I realize in having a conversation with a coworker, and I think I've mentioned like these conversations I've had with her before, but I was like, hey, as a white woman, you're never going to understand the sto- what what it is to be a black person in America. You're just not going to get it. So I can't be mad at you for not understanding or not thinking about how this legislation or this party's history or the party actions today on a social front affects and excludes black people. I can never expect you to do that just off the cuff naturally. But my problem comes in when I come as a credible person, as a black person, there's a black person that comes from a a certain level of a certain like economic background and that has like experienced life in so many different ways than you have. And I bring my full self, my full experience, and I'm explaining to you why something edges me out and why something makes me uncomfortable and you try to tell me that like I shouldn't think about that or I should just get over it like then that's when we have a problem you know what I'm saying like that's when it really is a problem and you're telling me how oh well yeah I just would have assumed that you were conservative because you know you speak this way and you you know you you live here and you hang and it's like wait what does that have to do with anything like you I'm telling you what the problem is I'm telling you as a person that respects you as a person that has more you know a, a, a quote unquote better position in in this organization than you do i'm trying to tell you like why even in spite of the tax bracket that we're in and all this other crap like why there's still problems and you're telling me like oh you should just not care about that like that's when they're a problem comes and so it's like in in that sense with your, your homeboy it's like bro like you know I'm not going to ask you to get it now. There's a long laundry list of stuff that I feel like you should get. No, I don't. <laughs> but if you don't get it, that's cool. I'm not going to be mad at you for not immediately getting it. But don't try to like silence somebody that's trying to explain something to you and tell them that like, oh, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You should just let that go. Don't be so sensitive. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. It's not about being sensitive. It's about me having the same opportunity to express myself that you do. And if you are somebody that 
you're telling me that your party is the best thing for black people, then we should be able to have a conversation about like for real, for real, why? And I can accept criticisms within the party that I, I vote for or that I support. I can like, I'm that's fine. You're right. Everything ain't no crystal stair. Like it's a bunch of jacked up stuff that, ha- that has happened and that still does happen. So let's talk about those things. And I can say, yeah, I understand that, but here's why I'm moving this way on this issue for this reason, because of this, you should be able to, do the same yeah yeah um, and go for that's it. how you that's how you maintain your moral high ground yeah that's <laughs> it it's real simple right like it's it, it, it's real simple like it don't take a lot if you don't nobody will believe you on anything else yeah it's just a bunch of bull um two of the things that really kind of were sour to me like two of the the, the, the biggest things um one I, we've t- I've talked about before so i won't go in, in depth the ending of news one now um that was really like the one thing about 2017 that i could have done without um i know that you know there's talk about two news one now coming back in the podcast format and possibly you know being like on a, a radio format and all this other stuff which is great but the show the television show being in that space occupying the space that it did Roland Martin doing the things that, you know, that he did with the show, giving people the opportunities that he gave them just kind of overall, like the, the, the show overall, I think was great. And I'm going to definitely miss in 2018. So I don't really care for that. And another thing that's not really being talked about, but that kind of, I don't know. This is really, it's a, it's a little touchy in general, but really bothers me. Um, so the me too campaign, hashtag me too was a big thing. Um, or is a big thing because it's still going on. So it, it is a big thing and it's a huge movement. Um, but one of the things that really bothers me is Terry Cruz, you know, I don't feel, and I read, I heard that, uh, he's apparently not getting a lot of like love being shown to him, but, I guess the thing that bothers me is that in him, you know, stating, making his statement and coming forth. And I feel like kind of the public just had like this huge outcry of support of other people that have done and other women that have, of well, women that have said things and like people have kind of like rallied around them. But I kind of feel like Terry Crews really wasn't a thing. Like nobody really talked about it. Um, it wasn't something that even honestly, the time magazine covered, like I would have loved to see him included in that because it's like, yo, you're coming from another perspective that we need to think about. Um, you are somebody that is, that was sexually assaulted and you, it was hap- It happened in front of your wife, yo. And it also happened from another man. So that's a whole other thing that we kind of got to tap into to talk about. Um, and I just don't feel like people really gave that a lot of attention. And so that to me, that's a problem because it starts to say, I mean, Gabrielle Union said it as well. Like, wow, I think it's very important for us to, you know, empathize and sympathize with anybody that have found that have been in them in those spaces um, and us to really talk about those things and to, you know, to shed light on a lot of these stories it's very interesting that it starts to look one way. It starts to seem like it's a very white movement and it seems like we're only really given a lot of consideration and, and context and airtime to certain 
people that have that experience when there's so many other people that have also had similar experiences. There's a lot of women of color. It's a lot of black women. Um, you know, there's a lot of men and black men that have had those experiences. So if you have somebody that steps up and says something, it's like, well, let's also make sure that we're being inclusive in our concern during this movement. So that to me is like, uh, yeah, because the Time Magazine cover didn't even put Tarana Burke on the cover, and she started me to like yeah. a decade ago. So right, <laughs> right, absolutely. So I think in, to, in any any time some a movement like that that's so powerful that means so much. I think it really is like a this is an opportunity for us to really show everybody and to try to like make sure everybody's represented to make sure that we're talking about so if we're talking about just hashtag me too like that's cool but let's make sure that hashtag me too is inclusive of people that are me too and people that look differently and i know that you know there's a lot of people like oh well it's not all about race and everything's not about race but it's like no like in this space in this country like race was created for a reason it was very intentional so we have to be intentional about making sure that everything is represented because what we do know is that when we don't represent people we all can kind of believe or just assume that it's not a thing for them i'll never forget growing up and believing that black kids didn't get kidnapped like i just did not believe that i was like maybe like 17 i was like yo black kids just don't get kidnapped because no we don't and then realizing that like no it's not that we our kids don't get kidnapped it's just that they're never like publicized and then that became like wait whoa like you know how easy it is to know I'm a black person, right? I know that my mama always told me I got to stay by her and don't talk to strangers and watch where I go. But just because I never saw that on the news, I just thought we just didn't get kidnapped. I thought people weren't interested in kidnapping our babies, but it's like, no, that's not it. People do. It happens to us too. Nobody just says anything. And I'm sure there's things like that, that we all know and experience It's like, this is why we got to be intentional about like, making sure that we cover and give people coverage and considerations and things like this. So that's one of the things, Definitely. another thing. And yeah, 2018 was like, ah, mm, I could have did without that 2017. Yeah. I could have did without that. Definitely. Well, we've, we're almost at an hour. <laughs> Crazy, right? 2017. Was, <laughs> yeah. Not a, I, feel, I feel like we can go on. Cause it was so much that happened this year. Like it flew by fast. But when you start thinking about it, it's like, dang, a lot of stuff happened. Like, yeah, holy. a lot of changes in the world, a lot of changes in us personally. So it's just like, wow. So, yeah, let us know what y'all 20, uh, I'm about to say 2016. That's how crazy this year flew by. Um, right. <laughs> tell us about y'all 2017. Hashtag ChatBC or Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What did you learn? How did you grow? What world events um, were surprising to you that made you excited? Which ones made you angry? Hit us up, hashtag ChatBC, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to interact with you. And, uh, Randall, you're going to leave us with a good vibe? The last good vibe for 2017 is today, or January 1st, 2018, is the first blank page of a 365-page book. Write a good one. Yes. Yes. I think that's it's really dope because it makes you think about the year in a different way and you're writing a book this is a new book that you're going to be writing it has 365 pages in it 
like, how are you going to write it? And that means being intentional about what you're going to do for your year. That means taking the rest of this week and making some setting some goals, writing down those goals, figuring out a way to hold yourself accountable for it and make sure that every day you're writing that book. So it looks a certain way. So I love this quote. I think it's dope. Um, I'm not sure exactly sure who it's by, but I think it's a really dope quote. And I think it's something that's going to be great, a great way to kind of view your year so you can plan for it and you can execute it and make sure it happens. So make sure that you guys do that. As always, guys, we thank you guys so much for listening to Brunch Culture. We thank you guys for rocking with it. We have some great new ideas for 2018, some things that we're going to be doing uh, differently, some things that we're going to go back to doing and just kind of just really expanding our reach and, and making sure that Brunch Culture is here to stay. Uh, we love you guys so much. We thank you guys so much for the feedback. Thank you guys for interacting with us on social media. I think you guys know where to find us, but we're on Instagram at brunch underscore culture and Twitter at brunch culture. Make sure you guys check out our website um, at www.brunchculturebc.com. And yo, 2018 will be an incredible year. We know it. And I'm not one of those people that says that. And that's going to be like, oh, you know, at the end of 2018, it was horrible. Like every year is going to be filled with ups and it's downs. I feel like your perspective and the way that you view it. Lisa and I talk about this all the time, but the way that we kind of view our year and the way that we are intentional about making certain changes and doing certain things. I think that's what makes for a really good year. And if the year turns out to be rocky and hard, you still have some positive things that were good. And so that's what we tried to talk about here we had some you know some great things that happened this year both personally and in, in, in like the grand scheme of life and there was some not so good things that you know we can kind of deal without but overall it was a year of learning which every year should be so make sure you guys are looking forward to that we will see you guys in 2018 remember here at brunch culture everything is up for discussion